0: Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. Welcome to the show. So go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Yes, and thank you for having me. I'm Tracy Panak. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I work with women and couples, um, but I'm particularly passionate about helping women to deal with various life transitions, particularly things like healing from heartbreak after breakups.
0: I love it. So I think that, you know, that's a great topic to be able to chat about today, uh, especially when maybe heartbreak looks a lot of different ways, but who knows, maybe people have experienced heartbreak differently during the pandemic um, or it's changed the way that people are healing through that. For you, how is it that you kind of came into specializing in that work?
1: Um yeah, so it definitely was personally driven. I experienced a really tough heartbreak from my um I have two I have two children. So I have a five almost six year old and I have a one and a half year old. And so my oldest son, um, I had a really tough breakup from his dad um while I was pregnant. And I went into a bit of a depression and um I was also I also had the professional background um, because I was in the therapeutic field, so just kind of a combination of both my personal and professional experience of working with people healing from um, breakups, really kind of pushed me to really focus in on this particular topic.
0: Wow, it sounds like you can speak to you know what your clients are dealing with, not just from like the evidence-based psychological perspective, but also from your own experience, which I'm sure kind of changes, you know, the way you're able to speak to their pain.
1: Definitely. Absolutely. Cause I can honestly say I relate. So for sure.
0: So you mentioned, you know, having gone through heartbreak while you were pregnant. And I think a lot of people unfortunately have had some level of experiencing something like that. Um, For clients who maybe experience heartbreak during something like pregnancy or, you know, just after pregnancy, um, how is it that you kind of help them through that process? Because is it different than someone who, you know, isn't bearing a child or just had a child or is it the same as far as how you work with them?
1: Yeah, um, I think that I think maybe there's some particular considerations around the fact that anytime someone goes through a breakup, first of all, it's a loss. And what that means is that then they are experiencing grief around it, which then means they need to mourn that grief. Um, We tend to associate grief with death when really grief is about a significant loss of any kind. Um, And so a a breakup while you're pregnant might come with a particular sense of loss around your idea of what your child's uh, experience was going to be. Uh, having two parents that were together and you know um, co-parent or you know parenting together, so being pregnant and going through that comes with it this like kind of extra. Um, this extra grief of, of losing out on that before, you know, your child is, is even born.
0: Definitely. And I think that, you know, when we talk about grief, cause you mentioned heartbreak being a loss. And I think a lot of people don't recognize that. And I think that, um, sometimes people can be insensitive to themselves and also people on the outside looking in can be insensitive toward people not recognizing that it's a loss. Mm-hmm. Um, that we then there's, there's different classifications of grief, right? Like there's complicated grief and there's ambiguous loss. And, but I almost think that it's all complicated to some extent. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just in what way is it complicated? That
1: makes, that makes the difference, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you make a very good point. So uh, I really kind of, um, have a, uh, a process of helping women to heal from heartbreak. And I think of it in phases. So there's the survival phase, the maintenance phase, and the thriving phase. And I'll kind of talk through those. But in the survival phase, which is kind of the beginning part of your healing journey, and I want to make that clear because you can still be significantly impacted by breakups that happened years ago if you didn't kind of do the the proper work to kind of move past it. So I say that to say that someone's healing journey can begin a couple of years after their breakup, depending on, you know, what steps they, they have or haven't taken. And so in that first, the first step is, is to grieve, which means that you have to acknowledge that your breakup is, is, you know, worthy of, of mourning, you know, Um, to your point because breakups are so common, most people experience multiple breakups in their lifetime. Um, I think there's this tendency to think that it's something that's just a part of life that we need to get over and move past. And the reality is that if it wasn't a particularly tough breakup or significant relationship to you, then that very well may happen pretty easily. But anytime that it is a significant relationship to you, then that means it's a significant loss and that you need to allow that time and space to just feel and acknowledge what you're feeling and identify what you're feeling because sadness is an obvious one, but there could very well be anger, embarrassment, shame, uh, worry, concern, all sorts of feelings. Because once you can identify those feelings, you can really um, allow yourself to acknowledge, like, it's okay for me to feel however I feel, because, you know, our feelings are not to be judged. Our actions can be, but our feelings are something that we need to um, give ourselves, show ourselves grace and just allow ourselves to feel. And because we don't tend to think of breakups as being worthy of, of, you know, grief and mourning, then yes, like on the outside, you know, with other people, it can, um, we can kind of end up lacking the support that we maybe need. And we also just may feel, you know, weird about, you know, seeking that support for ourselves because, oh, it's no big deal. But that really prevents our healing process.
0: All gems. I hope everyone has their pen and paper out, taking some notes so that you don't have to listen to this twice or listen to it twice. That's cool too. (laughs) Um, I love how you mentioned you can continue to be affected by a heartbreak, right? Like long after uh the the relationship ends, essentially. And I always, you know, charge people to think about the language we use as it pertains to our experiences. So even the term heartbreak connotate like it 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 connotes that there is a break. When we see the emoji on the phone of a broken heart, right? Like it's in and so, if we can kind of, there's no physical location, you know, necessarily for emotions. But if we can have a way of translating our emotional experience into the equivalent of something physical, I think is helpful for people a lot of the time. And that it's like, yeah, this is a break. And if you were to break a bone, and it was set right, then you ain't gonna be right. Like you're gonna have some you're gonna have some issues to the point that it may have to be rebroken in order to be set you know, in a way that's that's more healthy for you moving forward. And so I love that you mentioned that, yeah, like, unless we go through this process, these three phases that you mentioned, that this can be something that continues to get in the way of us being able to, you know, move forward and love again and be loved again and live fully and, and wholly after something like a heartbreak. And so, you know, I sometimes wonder if we, you know, translate the things that we experience emotionally into something of a physical equivalent for somebody. If it helps to kind of really um, bring to light what it what it really looks like.
1: Yes, absolutely, and I do it all the time. So that that same idea, I you know, so a couple of things. One, time does not heal all wounds. The, that mm-hmm. is something we say that is Good not actually. <laughs> <laughs> it can, it can by all means heal some. Like I say, like a scratch. So again, if if you, you know, had a relationship or a dating situation or whatever, that just wasn't, you know, wasn't a whole lot. And yeah, it hurt or you were um, disappointed or upset when it ended, but you might compare that as more of like getting a paper cut or a scratch where, and eh, technically you don't really have to do anything to it. Let time pass and it heals itself right up, right? But like you said, if you break a bone, so if you have a real heartbreak, uh, time is not going to just you know get that right like you said like it it's gonna it, it's gonna uh you know kind of heal funny and, uh, and you're always going to have that ache or pain sort of thing um so yeah i mean in that situation you have to go to an actual doctor and have it uh addressed you can't just be like oh, okay well in a couple of months you know it'll be right um and that's just the same sort of thing like with with uh a significant heartbreak like if you the thought that oh that happened 5 years ago that happened 10 years ago i mean this is one of those things that that um can really leave people uh bitter because they didn't do the work to process and heal from and recover from from that heartbreak and they can really carry that stuff into their future um i am in the process of putting together my Online group coaching program for healing heartbreak. Um, it and it's called from bitter to better because it's right. just this this process of kind of moving from one place to another. So, um, as I mentioned, the survival phase is is kind of the, is the beginning of your healing journey, and that's just when literally you're just trying to survive, you're just trying to keep it together, just trying to restabilize whatever was destabilized by the breakup. So. That can, because, you know, the reality is that when we end a relationship or a relationship ends, it's not only the relationship that's lost or not only our our relationship with that person that's lost. You can be, you know, losing your housing situation, your financial stability, your friends, like any things that kind of came with you being attached with that other person. And so... That can be hugely destabilizing and disruptive to your life um and if you have kids, then you're dealing with the loss of of um that parenting relationship it not looking the same way as it did, and in some cases, a complete loss of that parenting relationship if the other parent you know kind of removes themselves from their children's lives after a breakup so um you're literally just trying to like stabilize, which is why you have to first allow yourself to grieve and feel your feelings before you can really make steps to, to do other things. Um, and then you can move into the maintenance phase, which also consists of like multiple kind of aspects and steps. But one of the key pieces of the maintenance phase, in my opinion, is um, accessing your resources, identifying and accessing your resources. So resources are any thing person tool um that can support you which you know support comes in a, a number of ways financial support emotional support childcare transportation house cleaning i mean you name it your career advice um that during the maintenance phase as you move from survival into maintenance it's about like okay i got some sort of stability i'm trying to kind of you know i have a new status quo i'm just trying to make sure i i have Um, as many of my needs met as possible. So that is a very deliberate process of actually sitting and identifying what your needs are. Like, okay, now that I'm not, now that I'm out of this relationship, you know, do I need a place to stay? Um, Again, do I need childcare for my kids? Are there people who I can call to, you know, to help me out in various ways? And who am I talking to? Because that's very important, social support. Who is listening to what I'm going through. Um, so that those feelings that I identified, I can actually share them and get validation and maybe advice or guidance, things like that.
0: Wow. That's really significant. I love it. Um, and I think maybe, you know, you can let me know how it goes with your clients that maybe in the process of a breakup, sometimes people maybe feel stupid or, Ashamed or embarrassed, and I would assume that that keeps them from accessing like their their resources. Do you see that to happen? like people trying to just keep it to themselves or they don't really want to talk to someone about it because they're like, "Oh well, I was stupid to have stayed or I should have left sooner, or anything like that
1: yeah, um absolutely. I mean, for any of those reasons or just because um you know the relationship uh how can I say people in their life hadn't realized how significant the relationship is to that person. Mm -hmm. Um, Or maybe people in their life didn't really like the person that they were with. So Mm -hmm. they don't feel like they can talk to them about it. And you know, there um, are people who come into therapy saying like, you know, took me forever to come here because I didn't feel like a breakup was something worth going to therapy for. And I'm like, well, depends on how significantly that breakup impacted you. Like, obviously if, um, you are struggling by all means that it's worthy of therapy you know and so um yeah there there are definitely all sorts of reasons that keep people from really accessing their resources and saying to people hey i need some help or i need some support
0: i love that you mentioned that so for clients who you've seen that have really struggled what do you think kind of is a part of that struggle or makes it difficult for them to progress through, you know, the three phases that you mentioned?
1: Yeah, I think that um definitely the the starting point of like not not allowing themselves to feel what they feel and feeling like they they placing shame and guilt on themselves for, for being sad or angry or this, you know, or or any emotion around the breakup. Um, so then they it's it's almost like a it's like a sweeping it under the rug so then they almost like don't acknowledge that they need some some healing and su- and support so then they don't even start that process um and then there's just really practical things um this somewhat comes into like stress management and problem solving in terms of your life circumstances so you know going through a breakup and then um having to pay the rent on your own Um, maybe you have kids like, so then all these very practical things that make it hard for you to, um, move on in various ways, you know, in terms of like maybe work and career, maybe future dating, like these are all factors that, that you have to take into account and in those some of those factors can really stand in people's way just from a practical standpoint, which is where like the problem solving piece comes into play, which again is a part of the maintenance phase is like, all right, here's what's going on, here's what needs to here's where I have a need, here's what needs to be adjusted. And then that starts to bring you into the thriving phase, which is pretty much reinstilling hope for your future in all areas of your life. So one of the things that oftentimes is lost during a breakup is, is a sense of hope. Like, Oh, uh, you know, the, the future looks dreary. Um, and maybe I'll, I'll never, you know, be in a good relationship or, you know, financial concerns career or what's going to happen to my kids because, you know, I broke up with their, with their um, other parent, any of that sort of stuff. And th- the thriving phase, like you, you go into that by really Thinking, dreaming, and planning. Like, what do I want my X, Y, and Z to look like? What do I want um, my, my financial situation to look like, my career situation? Are there things that I had held myself back from or sacrificed while in that relationship that maybe now I have an opportunity to redesign for myself and find other avenues and pathways to get there? So people are oftentimes held back by their own beliefs of what is possible, Um, because a lot of times they've never even had the need, um, or the ability to think about other options or alternatives. When they were in that relationship, there was a a pattern or a way that they functioned with the other person and their life circumstances that put, you know, everybody in a certain role and they just didn't have that space. But now that the relationship's over, as upsetting as that is, you know, a loss may sometimes be a gain. That's a, a quote from Jane Austen that I've always, that I really like. It's, um, new possibilities in, in, uh, in, po- uh, options during the thriving phase.
0: Wow. Okay. So that's what comes up for, for those clients. What about the clients that you witness, you know, I don't know about breezing through the process, but but who are able to kind of you know dig in? They're they're facing it. Like what helps contribute to the? I guess maybe accelerated. I don't want to say successful because it's not like people are unsuccessful. But for those who are you know progressing and seem to have more ease, maybe is a is a better word. Um, yeah. What notice about those clients?
1: Yeah, I would kind of describe it as, as people who come to a sense of peace around around the situation. Um, they are they're accessing the things that, that at we as human beings need to kind of feel whole and be okay. So again, social support, they have people in their corner. And and to be clear, they may not start out with people in their corner, that might be part of uh, one of the things that that person in reflection realizes they need to actually gain, which is, you know, seeking out, you know, friends or professional help through therapy or support groups or different resources to um, bring people into their life who can help support them. Um, But so they're accessing uh, social support. They are doing a lot of self-care in terms of making sure that they as individuals are doing things that as I describe self-care bring them a sense of peace j- peace, joy or excitement um, and that they're doing that regularly and consistently. Um, and that they're giving themselves grace around the fact that they're not always going to feel good and that's a part of the process and it's not about always um, putting on a smile and a happy face. it's about acknowledging when you f- acknowledging that you feel how you feel. Um, and it's also about deliberate uh, seeking of information and education and things that you want. If you identified, okay, you know what, I really want to make sure that I have a a um, a good amount of savings because that helps me feel financially secure. Okay, what what do I need to do to make that happen? Is my current job or career going to help me do that? Do I need to be looking at making a shift? So the people who Come to a sense of peace around it all. Are are doing both the the addressing of the hurt and and challenging feelings that came with the with the breakup. They are giving themselves grace. They are accessing their resources, particularly in terms of social support. They are uh, looking forward and looking ahead past their current circumstances to go out and seek those things that help them get to to where they want to be. Um, and then in terms of their ex, the people who come to a sense of peace have definitely done some sort of, some may call it forgiving, um, but some sense of uh, closure around the situation with their ex. And And the reality is that closure may have to be given to themselves. Like, Everybody's not going to apologize or acknowledge their wrongdoings or acknowledge how they hurt you or what they could have done differently. It's wonderful when you get that in a breakup where the other person's able to come around and be like, hey, I messed up, or hey, here's I acknowledge my peace in this. But that's not always, that's oftentimes not the reality. So being able to um either get that from someone, which can help, or if you're not getting it, being able to find ways to let it go. One of the key ways for me is this thought thought and understanding of really looking at and reflecting on the person you had been with and being able to see and acknowledge the areas where they were and were not capable of certain things. Because the reality is we want a lot of things from people and wish they behaved a certain way and wish that they that things were a certain way. And I would say there's what we want and then there's what is. And being able to really just look at what is, that maybe you entered a a commitment with somebody who wasn't a very nice person. Or maybe you had children with someone who isn't the most responsible or emotionally available person. Like The list is endless of the different possibilities, but really looking at and acknowledging that reality that we sometimes paint a picture of what we want and don't then acknowledge what we really have. Um, and just being able to, to be honest with yourself about it.
0: Wow. I really appreciate you sharing all that. And I know, I know, I know (laughs) that everyone listening is either going to send this to a friend that they know is you know, grieving after a heartbreak or that this is speaking to their personal experience. So honestly, I just appreciate you for sharing your gems and doing your work. Um, It's phenomenal. And I would love for you to let us know where we can find you and continue to support you moving forward.
1: Definitely. And thank you so much for having me. Um, so I'm on Instagram at therapist.tracy and that's T-R-A-C-I-E. And the most direct way to reach me is through email, which is Tracy at T-P-H Um, that's where you can definitely get more information about my heartbreak healing program. It'll be launching in April. Um, so yeah, that's how you can find me.
0: That was a crash course for y'all on how to heal from heartbreak. And again, we thank you so much, Tracy, for your gems and look forward to, yeah, definitely that program that's coming out because I know people won't need that. So yes, again, nothing but gratitude and appreciation.
1: Absolutely. Thank you.
0: If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it